You're listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast, hosted by Joe Hunter on the Sound of Life at soundoflife.org. It's the most amazing news. I just got to share it with you. It's absolutely incredible, kind of under the caption of the church doing what it should, although they said religion doing what it should. That was what the headline said, but it's the church doing what it should. We go to the Netherlands. There's a family that's going to be deported. They're Armenian, they're Armenian refugees, and they're going to deport them um, out of there. And so they had a church service, and it's just ended. It lasted 96 days. It involved a thousand priests and pastors. What? You see, Dutch law forbids police from interrupting services, and a deal was reached with the government to let the family stay. A church service to protect an Armenian refugee family from being deported in the Netherlands has just ended. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Oh, boy, you've heard me talk about people who've made a wrong number, you know, a message doubt. You've seen those stories before. This was really, really kind of cool because it involves uh, sports guys, right? And it's a prep team in Michigan. Now, you should know that, and they were getting together on a group chat, and one of the guys who's doing it, um, Jason maybe, or Colin, I don't know, I think it was Colin. He's the, he's, the, he's the freshman. He's putting in the numbers. He put in one digit wrong on a number, and he gets a guy who just says, uh, um, this is, he said, did you mean to include me on this group? And the boys were like, well, yeah, if you're Roland, and the guy replies, no, this is Sean. Uh, do you know who I am? Of course, they think it's their teammate messing around with them. And after a while, he says, I'm Sean Bunting, and I, he sends him a selfie from the Bucks locker room, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. <clears throat> and it makes sense because he grew up near that area of Macomb. Well, he grew up in Macomb, Michigan. So he could, would have the same area code on his cell phone. Uh, see, so that kind of put them close together right there. And he was really good about it. He was, <laughs> he was like sending them a selfie. They're like, what? In the locker room. Now, it just happened to coincide when the players were in there. I don't know. They, were, they had their uniforms on and stuff. So, uh, Sean, you know, the, <laughs> the boys the boys are now they're all fired up because they're like, yeah, yeah, we got inside the, the locker room. So, they were like, uh, you know, we want – and he was showing him Gronkowski. They was on the selfie and some other players, you know, Mike Evans on there. And so they were like, you know who they wanted to see. We want to see the GOAT, man! So Fournette gets on the phone with them, and he stays on FaceTime for a good 10 minutes. And Tom Brady was finishing up a meeting. Of course, he's always finishing up a meeting. The boys were losing it. <laughs> and some time passed, and he pops up on the screen. Imagine that. Hey, what's up, fellas? And they lost their minds as anybody would. <laughs> Imagine these, these fresh-faced kids, high school basketball kids, just have an experience they will never, ever forget as long as they live. And the cool thing is, 
that these football players, with all the stuff that's on their minds, you know, who knows what the meeting was about, is just take the time to entertain these kids that they never met before. But you know what? We're all kind of kids in there, aren't we? Absolutely. So that was really, both of them really have a pretty cool story out of that. I hope you get a cool story. Something happens to you like that today. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. Lena Abby Jamra lives in Chicago. They got a little bit of snow over Thanksgiving. She happens to be a pediatric ER physician there at a hospital in Chicago and has quite a ministry. And um, so she's a pretty busy person. She was born in Lebanon. So she speaks several languages. So she said uh, four languages to be precise. But there was a season in her life when she noticed she picked up a new language. This is where me and you and maybe we have a lot more in common than we think. It's the language of ungratefulness. Yeah, its main tone is complaining. You might be familiar with it. Maybe you're fluent in it, she said. It's an easy language to learn, and it's hard to shake once you get used to it. Complaining is the language of the ungrateful. It becomes more pronounced when you set your eyes on things you want but you don't have. It forgets all the good things that God has generously given you. It's a universal language too many of you are fluent in. It's time to learn a new language. I know that because I'm out and about, and you really do have to work at it, don't you? It's amazing. And Lena said uh, she started learning the language of praise, but there's a secret. It takes lots and lots of practice to learn a new language. So if you're like me and want to learn the language and be grateful, start praising God as much as you can. And pretty soon, you'll be fluent in the language of praise. So stop right now and give God some praise. Ask a friend you see along the way today uh, to point out how often you revert to the old language of complaining. And then ask God to help you change. That's the main thing right there. The sound of life. Alrighty, here we go. Cup of Joe morning show. Monday, mug day. Put a little fun in your Monday. I got my mug. The only way you can get the one and only Cup of Joe morning show travel mug. Check it out on the Cup of Joe morning show Facebook page. You'll see it right there. Okay. So it was on this day in history, November 29th. The year was 1961. NASA launched an animal into Earth orbit. (gasps) The animal's name was Enos. E-N-O-S. What was the animal? Was it a chimpanzee, a rabbit, or a snake? So easy to answer that question. Do it now. The first Cup of Joe hotline is yes, open. The Cup of hotline. Joe hotline is open. 1-800-946-1765. 1-800-946-1765. Woo, first person on the hotline with the correct answer. You win my mug. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up do something. The Sound of Life. Oh, man. 7.25 Monday, mug day. Okay, and it's all from today in history, November 29th. NASA launched an animal named Enos into Earth orbit in 1961. I didn't know that. That early? I didn't know we could get into orbit that early, but I guess we weren't real sure if we put an animal right. What was the animal's name? The name was Enos. What kind of animal? Chimpanzee, rabbit, or snake? 
Let's go to the Cup of Joe Morning Show hotline, see if anybody wants my mug. Good morning, who's this? Hi, it's Nayoka. Hey, Nayoka, how are you today? Hey, how are you? Good, good when I hear your voice. (laughs) You want my mug? (laughs) Yes, I do, yes, I do. I've been trying so hard. Okay, you listen very carefully. I think this is going to be your day today. So, it was today, November 29th in 1961, NASA launched an animal into Earth orbit. The animal's name was Enos. Interesting. What was the animal? Was it a chimpanzee, a rabbit, or a snake? A chimpanzee. Chimpanzee's right. Yeah, you got it. God bless you, Joe. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. How about an unbelievable fact? Okay. In order to do this, I have to bring up a bad part of our history. But hey, just like the Bible, it's all in there, right? Warts and all, as we like to say, it's all in there. It happened, and it happened during World War II. It's pretty sad, but as in many sad things, there is a light. Can you see it? You're going to know what it is, and you won't be able to turn your back on it coming up. It's pretty neat. Guy named Bob. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. I just cry thinking about this. Well, we all know that during World War II on the West Coast, thousands of Japanese Americans were sent to internment camps, right? There was this farmer in Sacramento named Bob Fletcher. He quit his job to take care of the farms of Japanese-American families. He kept the farms running and even paid the taxes and mortgages so that the families didn't lose everything. And of course he got criticized. Somebody even shot at him for it. Amazing. This is to all you guys out there. Making it as farmers around here. Very rural area. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. He does say happy birthday. Not personally. I mean, I don't know him. I never did know him. I wouldn't know him. He died before I was born. C.S. Lewis. But you know his work, right? Cool thing about C.S. Lewis is the guy's brilliant. I'm talking about, you know, Oxford brilliant. Okay. And, um, sorry, Yale, <laughs> but anyway, but, and then he w- became a Christian. He is actually a movie out, I think, The Reluctant uh, Convert, something like that. Known for his quotes because they were so powerful and made you think, and they give you a correct view of the way we should look as well. Like he said, aim at heaven, and you get earth thrown in. If you aim at earth, you don't get either one of them. Ooh, pretty interesting, isn't it? He said, and this, you probably know this one, and you may not know who it was from, but C.S. Lewis said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun is risen. Not because I see it, but because by it, I see everything else. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Chronicles of Narnia. Things, people, Anybody could dream up those things, you know, and be friends with J.R.R. Tolkien. I mean, it's all at the same time. It's pretty incredible. He did say something that it takes a minute to get a hold of, and this is the brilliance of C.S. Lewis, and this really is it in a nutshell. This is basically life in a nutshell, and in a way, it's kind of reaffirming because of what you believe the Gospels say about Jesus, right, the Messiah, the prophecies, uh, the accounts of people who saw him, what he said, right? C.S. Lewis said, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. If it's false, no importance. So what? And if it's true, it's of infinite 
importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. People say, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good, you know. No. Mm -mm. Nope. You better get a hold of it because if it's true, it's infinitely important. Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't stop drinking the coffee. I stopped drinking the coffee. I stopped doing the standing and the walking and the words putting into sentence doing. The sound of life. To our Jewish friends, happy Hanukkah. Second candle, I believe, today, right? Started at sundown on Sunday. A lot of people probably have no idea. Oh, you got the candles. You got four on one side, four on the other. There's a tall one in the middle, and you light one a day. Kind of thing. And you celebrate, and you eat, and you give gifts and stuff. It's really kind of cool. Man, I tell you, if you go in the Bible and look at all the places how Hanukkah, I mean, you know, what leading up to this, uh, with the temple and everything, it, it'd be worth like a sight and sound production, I think. Maybe not as good as uh, Queen Esther, but it, it'd be up there. I'm telling you. It all starts back in Daniel. In chapter 9, verse 27, it's a prophecy about an enemy entering to Solomon's temple and in the room known as the Holy of Holies, profaning it by committing what is known as an abomination of desolation. That was a prophecy way back. And then in 167 B.C., it happened. It was a Syrian invader, Antiochus Epiphanes. That's right. He fulfilled that prophecy. He put in a statue of a Greek god, Zeus. He burned a pig sacrifice in the Holy of Holies. And the Maccabees said, that's enough. And they had a big revolt and they ran them out. And they didn't have much left after that. So like Solomon wanting to consecrate the Holy of Holies, they said, well, we're going to do this. But they only had enough oil. And that's how they got their light, their lamps burned with olive oil. From what I understand, they only had enough for one night. You probably know that, right? And they lit it anyway, and it burned for eight nights. And it was a miracle. And it was a pretty cool thing right there. Jesus actually was at a Hanukkah celebration. He was at all of them, all the things. It was very cool. And it's interesting because every time and around this part of the country, you see Hanukkah, the menorah is what the candles are called. You see that a lot, depicted a lot. And every time you see that, you see that one in the middle. They light that one first, and that one lights all the other candles. And then it's the last one lit, the first and the last. What is Jesus? The Alpha and the Omega. It's through his light that your light comes from, right? All that. It's very cool. So that's a, a Cup of Joe Morning Show explanation of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. The Sound of Life. So November is National Adoption Awareness Month. It's okay. I'm not going to ask you to adopt or foster care a child like Sandra Flack did. Adopted a family of five. It's an incredible story from the Ukraine, how that all came together. I'm in the process of reading the book, Orphans No More. Want to get a copy yourself? She gave me some autographed copies. And, uh, well, got five of them. If I finished one, don't get too many coffee stains on you. You can have that one, too. But I'll just, uh, you just shoot me an email to studio at soundoflife.org and say you want the book. I want the book. I want the Orphan's book. I want the Orphan's No More book. Whatever. Leave your name and address, of course, so I can send it to you. But I'll have a drawing if I have more than five people who want one. I'll have a drawing. Uh, Sandra Flag created the website, which is very helpful, justiceforphansny.org. But I'll tell you a little bit more about that. Let's bring on Sandra Flag right here. Good morning, show. Um, Sandra, I think uh, the pandemic, has that been uh, tough for uh, the fatherless? There are more vulnerable children in the world since COVID um, than there was prior to COVID, and there are less 
resources and services available because of COVID as well. But prior to COVID, it was 153 million orphans globally and approximately 400,000 children in the United States in foster care. And a quarter of them, over 100,000 of them are available for adoption. So the need is great, but Mm. again, just being sensitive. My husband and I adopted five children, not because we even knew those numbers. We just felt God leading us to open our home to children. We stepped out in faith and he placed children into our home. It was way after that that we learned those bigger numbers. So it's walking that out in obedience and using whatever God puts before you to do to make a difference. And it can be churches. That's I'm sure we'll get to talking about Care Portal, but Care Portal is a perfect way for every church congregation Ooh. to get involved in their own community to minister to vulnerable children and families. There's light. Yes. Oh. <laughs> you can find out all about that stuff, and you can even listen to the complete 35-minute interview I had with Sandra Flack uh, on our website, soundoflight.org. It's listed there in the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast. But on the Justice for Orphans website, justicefororphansny.org, you can find out about foster care and adoption. There's amazing ways that you can help out. The Care Portal, which links uh, state facility, uh, state agencies with churches woohoo yeah telling you all kinds of events that are going on they have a podcast every week she's done about a million of them a newsletter find out all about all kinds of resources and things like that so during national adoption awareness month i invite you check it out see what's available right there and uh, look at those pretty children actually running away from you they're running into a new future that's what they're doing you know check out the website you'll find out what i mean justice for orphans ny.org a great way to start your day the cup of joe morning show oh you look like a man who could use more coffee the sound of life this is probably the best feel-good story i don't know maybe because i'm partial to athletes you know but uh they relate to each other so many things had to happen right for this story to happen. Who knows how many times it just about happened, but it didn't. And you'll see why. Hang on, okay? First of all, you got to go to Pontiac, Michigan, and Fresh Face basketball team there at the um, uh, that the alumni was. It was uh, I'll, I'll find the name. A Notre Dame Preparatory School and Marist Academy. All right. So there they are, and they're getting ready for this group chat. They they got to do. Imagine they're looking forward to it. They're comrades, you know, and all that stuff. Now, also the fact that one of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by the name of um, Sean Murphy Bunting grew up in Macomb, Michigan. So the area code on his cell phone would be the same as these kids. They're putting in the numbers to start the group chat. And Sean, I believe, is the he's the, one of the, the kids doing it there. He made a mistake on one digit, and boom, he gets the call. And, and the guy's like, uh, "Hey guys, are you sure you want me on this call?" And they thought it was the real. They thought it was their buddy joking around. He says, "Yeah," he says, um, "I'm Sean Murphy Bunting, and you know of, of the Buck Tampa Bay Bucks." And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, sure you are. And they're joking around. They just didn't believe him. So he does a FaceTime. And there he is, standing there with his uniform on, minus shoulder pads, in the Tampa locker room. And they're like, what? 
oh man oh man and they're going nuts and everything and so now he decides to have a little fun the football player does and he hands it to tight end rob gronkowski and the guys are like oh wow wow and then he hands it to richard sherman who plays he's a cornerback and then he hands it to leonard fournette and, I mean, they're really they're just going nuts. And, of course, everybody knows who they want to see, right? So, bless his heart, Fournette holds the phone for like 10 minutes. They stayed on the FaceTime call for like 10 minutes so that <clears throat> the quarterback, Tom Brady, could finish up on a meeting, and he did, and he got on the phone. And, if, I mean, FaceTiming with Tom Brady in the locker room, and you just thought you were going to be talking to your buddies on the basketball team, and they must—they were going out of their minds, you know, in a really good way. And then, of course, Tom Brady found out that they were in Michigan. He played for Michigan, and uh, he just said that that is really cool. That I mean, and they could all relate. All the pro players, of course, they remember like it was yesterday what it was like for them to be back in high school and how something like that would happen. They would just be great. They all empathize empathized with him. That was just the, the coolest thing right there. It was. And Brady goes, man, that's fun. That was that was really fun. It was good to see all those young kids hyped up, right? Amen. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Your daily dose of encouragement. I've got a smile on my face and a twinkle in my eye. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I'm not an advocate for feeding of wild animals, you know, or you really have to wonder about some special care that are given to animals. I can understand if they're endangered, uh, of, of, may go extinct or something. But I was reading recently these little mice, uh, they, they have a predator, but they, as an effort to keep them alive with tennis balls, they drill a hole in the tennis ball and the mice go in there and then they're free from their predators. Well, the predator's part of the chain. I mean, you know, you don't know what's going to happen is what I'm saying. But I imagine taking care of one little squirrel probably won't hurt as it did in uh, northwest Turkey at a restaurant. It's a cafe. I can just imagine it, you know, with the guys in there and stuff real busy. And one of them found a squirrel, a baby squirrel, in the hollow of a tree and didn't know if it was okay or not. Took him to the vet, and the vet said, yep, yeah, it's okay, this is what you do. Got the squirrel well, and then they tried to release it into the wild. But the squirrel kept coming back. So you do what anybody would do. You, I'd probably do it too, you know, if he kept coming back. You name him Alvin, so now you've got Alvin, and you're feeding him delicious food from your cafe. <laughs> of course he keeps coming back, and now he's part of the family. And you kind of like it because you're out there working, doing your cafe duties, and he's running around on your shoulders and stuff. And apparently the patrons of the cafe like it as well, too. The place is packed. Uh, they're attracted because of the squirrel running around on the shoulders of the people that work there. It's very interesting, isn't it? I mean, when he's not working hard at the cafe, he's chilling on a swing they made for him or taking in the beautiful views of his new human family, not to mention the food, which is still very important. Oh, man. I'd, I'd go to a restaurant to see Squirrel. I mean, there, there's some things that wouldn't attract me, but, 
you know, if you told me that the waiters they got squirrels running around them, I'd, I'd go, I'd go for that. You're funny, all right. You're a scream. <laughs> you ought to get a job on one of those excursion boats. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Have some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. The sound of life. Imagine your child going off with other kids, you know, for a fun afternoon. It's got to be very exciting because we're going out into this maze-like cave. It's going to be really cool. And then later in that day, and they're not there. They don't come back. And you find out that the water was rising inside unexpectedly and not unknown to you, but they kept going deeper and deeper into the cave to avoid it. And they got trapped in there. And that actually happened in 2018. Remember that story about that? And they were in there for how many weeks? Two and a half weeks. And they talked about it every day on television. And how are the rescuers planning on getting them out? We don't even know if they're still alive or not. We know exactly where they are. We think we do. But uh, the dive teams had that water, all that, you know, places of water. You remember how they were rescued? They sat there with these little flickering flashlights. And it reminded me of the prophet Isaiah describing a world of brooding darkness, one overrun by violence and greed, shattered by rebellion and anguish, nothing but ruin, hope's candle flickering and fading, sputtering before succumbing to dark nothingness. And yet, Isaiah insisted this dim despair will not be the end because of God's mercy. Soon, as he said, there will be no more gloom For those who were in darkness or in distress, he said, God would never abandon his people in shadowy ruin. The prophet announced hope for his people and then appointed to a time when the Messiah, Jesus, would come to dispel the darkness that sin had caused. And Jesus has come. And now we hear Isaiah's words with renewed meaning. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Oh, magnificent light in the darkness. Don't you know when those boys, that light burst up through and it was the divers and said, we're going to get you out of here. Yay! You know, inklings of that, that same kind of feeling, no matter how dark the night, no matter how despairing your circumstances, you are never forsaken in the dark. Jesus is here. A great light shining. So today, Lord, there's so much darkness. Sometimes we fear that the darkness will overwhelm us. Lord, be our great light. Shine on with us in your radiant love. Amen. The Sound of Life. Hey, I'm Joe. Certainly rejoicing. Not so much coming to work, but going from work over to Dutchess County from Ulster County on the Kingston-Rhinecliffe Bridge. I will be rejoicing, at least I plan to be. The day has come, December 1st. Today is the day of cashless tolling on the Rip Van Winkle Bridge. Not the Rip Van Winkle Bridge. It is already cashless tolling there. I go over that bridge, too, when I see my daughter. The Kingston-Rhinecliffe Bridge. What? Where is he? Which bridge is he? I don't know which one it is. So we have the, I think the Mid-Hudson Bridge is the only one, or maybe the Bear Mountain Bridge, too, that has to be done that way. But uh, it's rudimentary at first because they got everybody going into one lane before you actually go under the sensor. There's two sensors, so eventually it would be two lanes there. But the toll booth is still up. 
so to prevent major catastrophe. You know, I just, oh boy. Anyway, so you're in single lane, you go through the toll booth and all that. Stuff like that. So it's kind of a traffic day today. That's kind of the way it is. Traffic day. Um, I not, a couple of weeks ago, I was pulling out onto 9W, making a left turn out onto 9W. It can be a very arduous process right in Lake Katrine area. It's grown up so much with car dealers and gas places and businesses and things like that. And I was sitting there waiting. And, you know, usually you just wait for a few minutes and the melee just kind of quiets down and then there's a break, you know. So don't panic. Just takes a couple of minutes. But I noticed uh, a bent-over elderly man was trying to cross the road right in front of me. And I was I thought, you know, I will be irresponsible if I don't offer him a ride. And I knew he was just going to go right across. I knew where he was going. But he said, I'm just going right across the road. And I said, yeah, I know that. But I'll be glad to give you a ride over there if you want me to. I wasn't trying to kidnap him or anything, believe me. I mean, But he was like, no, 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 I'm just going right there. And I thought, you're going to get killed. That's really what I was thinking, but I didn't say that to him. But I really, you know, it was just a, it was really kind of a small gesture. I was kind of glad I was there, but I did not want to see him get hurt. I was going to stay there until he made it across. And he's looking, you know, man, oh, man. And he made it. <laughs> And when you wonder how many times the angels are kept so busy keeping us because of the decisions we make. But he, you know, nothing wrong with what he was doing, except he was in the middle of a bad place of traffic. That's all. But he made it. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. A couple of years ago, probably PB, is that, is that what, PTB, you know, before the pandemic thing, family was in mourning. And their Christmas decorations were up. I don't know if the homeowner somebody was complaining. They're up way too late. You know, so the neighborhood got together. They were like, well, we don't want to see them get in trouble. Kidding me? So they took them down and all that stuff. It's a really cool thing. An act of service. It's almost as good as putting them up. Like what happened to Nancy. Nancy got COVID, and I guess she's okay, except it affected her heart and lungs that she can't do much. You know, so this uh, high school group got together and put her Christmas decorations up. That's really cool. And she's very thankful, right? And they do a good thing. It's just a win-win situation all the way around. I mean, there is no way you're going to lose doing that. Being in service to somebody else. I think God puts it in everybody to a certain degree. But I don't think people realize it until, and maybe, I mean, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here, about because you've done things for people, you know what it makes you feel like, right? But I know I've heard popular people do something to help somebody out, and they say that feels fantastic. Of course, it does. I think God made you that way. And of course, these kids they'll remember that forever, they'll remember her long after she's gone. You know, they'll remember doing that, and they'll probably do other things like that as well, too. And if you've never done anything like that, I recommend giving it a try this year. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Confession time on this December the 1st. Yes, well, we are here at the facilities kind of off the beaten path, if you will. Not very far off, but enough and we're in a couple of trailers put together. It's very impressive. Most people, when they're here and they come to the studios and offices and such, don't realize 
Uh, thanks to uh, roving volunteers in Christ Service, Arvix, they've worked on that. Uh, some the Kaluchis worked on it's some a lot. You know, putting rooms in the middle and stuff. So it's a very nice facility. It really is. Getting getting a little getting a little aged, like all of us. But uh, it's nice. But one of the issues here, and it's always been that way, as far as I know, is mice. And so this time of the year, they want to come inside where it's warm. And if you put a trap out with peanut butter in it, they'll smell the, you know down the block probably. So they come in there, and we regularly catch them and i'm the one that has to deal with them but i said uh, and we had one monday and i said i'm telling you i think that when it gets quiet here on friday friday evenings very quiet that's when they come in and then they get into the trap and then they just kind of languish there i mean they're 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 done but they're there for a couple of days till i come in at least it smells that way so to make a long story short I finally went and wanted to get a really good, fresh-scented candle and not have to steal the managers all the time. So I'm in the store looking, and I, I didn't want to get one of those $10, probably really nice candles. Maybe I should. I don't know. I don't know the value of picking out candles. So I got the Glade. They're known for smells, good smells. And I got the, it's like 350 is what it is, you know, and it's burning right now as we speak. The biggest conundrum, of course is what in the world flavor am I going to pick? You know, you would think it would be easy. But then you're looking, of course, there's pumpkin spice. I mean, there's a couple of lines of those. They, they got that all lined up. And I was like, well, I almost did it. I think I had my hand on it. But then, the, you know, the, the, the flavoring, the, the scents, I didn't understand them. So I finally picked one that I really didn't understand so I could explain it to you. And you tell me, you weigh in on this. If you think you know what this is even going to smell like, and it's smoldering, this is the description of the scent of this candle. Smoldering volcanic coconut. Smoldering volcanic? <laughs> smoldering volcanic coconut. What a dumb thing to do. <laughs> Waking up with a cup of joe. I can't imagine traveling to school every day without it. It helps me um, in my prayer over our school and our students and teachers. So thank you for all that you do. The Sound of Life. Back, way back before my time, when television was all, it was all live. You did stuff live. It was like radio. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and a lot of radio now is not live, but it doesn't matter. But, um... So we had a guy who was, uh, if you remember him, seeing him, it was a real character like there were a lot of. Tend to be funny. And, and the thing about being live, not only that, but then they threw kids into the mix. Kids shows, very popular. It, it's amazing. Made for some of the most incredible events in human history. <laughs> it really did. You ought to check them out sometime. The ones that got filmed as well as being live. Well, Soupy Sales was a character. And one time, for some reason, he decided to kind of have a little fun, play a joke. And he said, kids, I want you to go in your mama's pocketbook and get me a dollar and send it to dear old Soupy Sales. Send me a dollar. And he did it as a joke. And there were so many dollars coming in. Number one, right away, it was the first time, as far as I know, that it showed the evidence of the power of the media to influence. It's kind of 
kind of a, a foreboding thing, really, what happened. But so many dollars came in, and they, they gave him to charity. They pretty much had to. I mean, you know, he was like, I did it as a joke, honest. I didn't really want it. Well, it happens, still happens all the time. Uh, this um, showman in Nigeria, he's like m- one of the most popular people in, the, in Africa. He's a successful musician and a showman. His name is Davido, and maybe you've heard that name. But he went on Twitter as a joke, and he asked for birthday money to get his Rolls Royce released from a port. Kind of did it, have fun. And uh, in four days, they raised $485,000. <laughs> he was like, I guess they got like $600,000. So the 29-year-old musician, real funny, <laughs> he decided to flip it, and he gave it to charity. He announced his own $120,000 contribution right there. So it's pretty cool, uh, I think, right? So sometimes things are done as a joke, and it's almost like God intervenes and says, you know, hold my sweet tea, watch me work this out. And it turns out to be pretty cool. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. Oh, you're a smooth talker. You are. You are. The sound of life. Must be nice. Leave a $2,000 tip on a $5, I mean, uh, you know, an invoice of $5 at a, at a bakery. You leave them $2,000. Sir, uh, do you realize yeah, that's a mistake? <laughs> it's okay. It's just for you. You guys keep it. Wouldn't that be awesome? I'd love to do something like that. Obviously, this man loved to do that out at Omaha Bakery in Bellevue, Nebraska. And they were very happy about that. The Michelle, the owner of the cafe, said she's going to distribute the tip to the hourly employees. They work very hard. And she said, uh, the Preston, I guess, is the guy that gave it. He said, I hope the kindness shown doesn't stop with what I'm saying right there. He said, you know... Even saying something like, have a good day, helps somebody go from zero to ten. So, have a good day. Awesome. Yeah. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You're as funny as a cry for help. The sound of life. I got something good for you. I'm Joe. And um, Shelly Giglio is pretty smart. She's the wife of the pretty famous pastor that goes around with skinny jeans and, you know, preaches and stuff like that. He's getting on up there, but he's very wise as well, too. Does a lot of devotionals. Um, And she said amazing thing about our relationships with other people, and it's about blessing people. Bless people, especially the ones who haven't received enough of a blessing themselves to give you one. Ooh. Shelley said, one of the most powerful parts of the kingdom to me is watching God so bless his people that they generously spread that blessing right back to people who haven't always earned, deserved, or sometimes aren't even aware it's a possibility to be blessed. Such is the kingdom of God. A great way to start your day. Go ahead. Make my day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. You ever go out with a metal detector? It's a pretty popular thing to do. I would imagine you, you know, you find a thing or two, right? I see people on the beach going along, which makes sense, really, right? And and this man was in an abandoned yard of a house, right? And he found a ring 
And he must have thought, wow, this is kind of interesting. i got to find out about this. Turns out it was a 10-karat gold Colorado School of Mines class ring from 1943. Wow. Now, here's the thing. This is the power of social media. And it's, you know, kind of the, the good and the bad of that. But the only clues he had to go on were the name of the school, the year, the initials inside RWD. So he found a Colorado School of Mines yearbook from 1948 online for sale. Imagine that. Couldn't have done that before. And he started looking through it. He bought it on eBay, started looking through it, and he found a man in there called Richard William Denneke, RWD. He spent months, several months, what's that, three <laughs> months, uh, searching the internet woof, and posting appeals just to find the person that belonged this way. I guess it was something that got inside him, got a hold of him, and he wasn't going to stop until he could do it. And he found him. He's living in a nursing home in Georgia, and coming up shortly, he's going to be 100 years old. And so he got the ring back there. He said, oh, I remember that. I was visiting somebody in the 1940s, and I lost a ring. I didn't remember that, man. And here it is back. Amazing thing. And I was thinking, people go to all that trouble to do that, which is good. It's fine. Give them something to do, right? But then when it comes to Jesus, it's like, well, you know, I, I heard he was a pretty good teacher. I guess he's probably a pretty good rabbi, wasn't he, you know, kind of thing. You know? I, I, and you're not going to investigate it? It could affect your eternity? You're not going to check into it? I like what C.S. Lewis said. People say, you can't say that Jesus was even a great teacher. He wasn't. He was either the Messiah or he was a lunatic. And your eternity depends on you finding the truth. So go search for it like you'd search for a ring owner. The sound of life. Really want to know if you've uh, ever been in a Christmas play. Yes, I was the shepherd in a Christmas play. Just stood there. My mom probably made the outfit, but I don't know where we got that really cool staff from. Actually, you know what? I was a little kid. That was probably, and it probably was just a cane. I just remember it being this big, huge thing. But I was just so small. That's what it appeared to be to me. So anyway, yes. Paul, you ever been in a, in a play? Oh, I was in a Christmas play in one of my kids' Christmas plays. And I played a king. Whoa. I had like a cameo role. The Cup of Joe Morning Show with Joe Hunter. You might as well get up and do something. The Sound of Life. Fascinated. By the story, and I have to tell you, it's amazing. It could be an inspiration for you and uh, maybe your daughter, because she's a girl. Kendall Ray started growing collard greens in her grandmother's garden. She's down in Georgia. And I just will say, preface this, my Aunt Ruth had the only collard greens that I would ever eat. She grew up in eastern North Carolina. It was, it was absolutely awesome. So Kendall's growing them as well, too, and she's growing them there in her great-grandmother's garden and in 2017 her grandmother died and so in to honor her they uh, planted a garden and the first thing they planted was collard green stems I guess when she was pulling them out her grandmother said put the stems back in the ground she said why she said because we'll grow new greens from that and they did and of course this six-year-old Kendall Ray Johnson was just, that just made it right there. She just loved it. And she started growing other things. 
and she branched out. <laughs> and um, fortunately, her mother uh, went in back in June and registered her uh, with the United States Department of Agriculture as a registered farmer. You know, the USDA doesn't keep track of ages. You can be young and be registered as a farmer, which is very important because it allows you to get uh, apply for loans. You can take part in conservation programs and stuff. Uh, Kendall has just made this into quite a business. Uh, she's She's got these monthly baskets of food, and you subscribe to them anywhere from $5 to $20. And she's got like 18 local subscribers, and some of those are actually sponsoring food for needy people. So that's a really cool thing. And she actually started a business, which she can do. She's a registered farmer. It's called A Grow Culture with a K. Okay. I'll post the article on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page so you can check it out. You know, you may have a young future farmer right there, or as it turns out, may have a farmer right now who's six. I mean, if Kendall can do it. And the thing that's really cool is that farming, especially in the South, has been dominated by white males, and she's black female. That's very cool. And she's gotten a 4-H club going, which is another thing. And if you're in that, you're probably thinking, start a 4-H, start a 4-H and all that. So she started that program. It's the nation's largest youth development program. And I know they're big around this area right here. So uh, it's pretty cool. I guess she had a banner Thanksgiving. And uh, personally, my mother's side of the family, her brother's, and her one sister, that's my Aunt Ruth, of course, and her brothers, I mean, they were all farmers. And I got to participate in some of that. <laughs> and uh, I learned a lot. I really did. Just a little bit of participating in that. And I was fascinated by it. And now, one of my sons, you know, it's so hard. I mean, it's really pretty amazing. Because he <clears throat> drives tractor, farms, and things, works on a farm. So, it's pretty cool. I love it. Maybe you do too. Reaching the heart of the Northeast, the sound of life. When you see that an eight-year-old is selling cupcakes to buy Christmas gifts for foster kids. Wow, that is amazing. How does an eight-year-old, and Summer Lynn is her name, she wants to help those who might feel like no one cares about them feel wanted and loved this holiday season. How does she know that? At eight, she's baking and selling cupcakes to buy Christmas gifts for foster kids because she knows it's hard for Santa to find the foster children. She's already adopted 13 kids. You know, we just came off of November National Adoption Awareness Month. Talking to Sandra Flack a lot about that, creator of Justice for Orphans website. Highly recommend it. Uh, you can help out without having to take a child into your house. Look how she's helping out right there. All kinds of ways. And they're right there on her website, justicefororphansny.org. And she wrote a book called Orphans No More. Sandra Flack did. Reading that, it's amazing. Just like you're just sitting right across from you talking and telling the story there. And if you would like an autographed copy of that book, I have a limited supply. But if you want one, shoot me an email, studio at soundoflife.org. Studio at soundoflife.org. So I want that book. I want that orphan book. I want that orphans no more, however you put it. I want the book. And... Um, yeah, I'll put you in the drawing for it. A great way to start your day. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. Look, I'm a frequent coffee drinker. I'm part of the club. I have a card. The Sound of Life. Hey, I'm Joe, and the joke is, this old joke about the dentist turning to the blonde and saying, I'm sorry, but you need a crown. 
And she says, I know, right? <laughs> and maybe that's not too far from what might happen. Devotional writer Joshiel Dixon said a friend was looking at photographs of herself and other people, but she's looking at herself, pointing out physical characteristics she saw as imperfections. And uh, Joshiel said, I asked her to look closer. She said, I see a beautiful and beloved daughter of the almighty King of Kings. I see a compassionate lover of God and others whose genuine kindness, generosity, and faithfulness have made a difference in so many lives. And I noticed tears brimming in her eyes. And I said, I think you need a tiara. Later that afternoon, they went out and picked out the perfect crown for her friend. So she'd never forget her true identity. Wow, that might not... You might get a lot of questions on it, but that's not a bad idea because, you know, when we come to know Jesus personally, he crowns you with love, calls you his children, gives you the power to persevere in faith that you may be confident and unashamed before him at his coming. Wow. He accepts you as you are. His love purifies you, transforms you into his likeness. Wow. <laughs> it's amazing. It's, it's so much rolled into one, his truth in your hearts and his spirit present in your lives. So Jushil said, my friend didn't really need a tiara or any other trinket that day, but we both needed the reminder of our worth as God's beloved children. And maybe you do too. Loving God, thank you for reminding us that who we are is based on whose we are. Yours. We're simply yours. Loving that. Waking up with a cup of joe. Good morning. Good morning. Rise and shine. The sound of life. Let it snow by Tori Kelly there. I was talking about the other day, yesterday probably. But how it was written in 1945 out in Hollywood. Um, their songwriter Sammy and Julie there. Just everybody was like just sick of the heat. You know how that is. Remember that? <laughs> yeah. And so they were imagining themselves in cooler conditions is what they were doing. Right there. Yes, Cup of Joe Morning Show. Who's this? God bless you, Joe. Hey. It's Mary Poppins. Hey. It's been a while. I just wanted to say I lived in Hollywood, California, almost uh, 20 years designing out there. And I have to say, I don't remember singing that song, Let It Snow, Let It Snow, Let It Snow. Uh-huh. But I do remember singing I'm Dreaming of a White Christmas. Uh-huh. So you have a happy day. God bless you. Thank you so much for always being there. The sound of life. You know, I was thinking about uh, us people. Seems like we're either hypochondriacs, like we're worrying all the time because something's wrong with us all the time, or like you know, you've got a gash in your leg and it's bleeding, and you're like, ah, it's no big deal. You know, take care of itself. (laughs) And doctors must hate either one of those. Lena Abu Jamra is known for her Christian women's ministry. Quite the speaker she is. She's from Lebanon, and she is currently an ER doctor in Chicago, and she said, I run into hypochondriacs all the time, I guess in the emergency room, and she said, they're your quintessential worry words. They think they're dying all the time. They want to talk about their symptoms all the time. How do you get a hypochondriac to stop worrying? I have no idea. But Lena said, I've learned that it's only patience and reassurance that will calm a hypochondriac's heart. The reason she said that, she said the truth is, I've ne- never met a hypochondriac that I didn't love. Truth is, I too am a worry wart. <laughs> it's okay, <laughs> you know. 
I worry about everything, Lena said. And the older I get, the more I learn that only God's persistent reassurance will move me past my worry and into a place of peace. I can't muster enough energy to overcome worry on my own. That's really kind of good news. And the really good news is God faithfully loves you. He gently reminds you that no matter what happens, he's your father and he'll never leave you alone. It's in the shadow of God's love that your worry finally disappears. So if you're a worrywart, that's hard to say, <laughs> take heart. God's with you. He's got you. He'll never let you go. We got this. Yes. Waking up with a cup of joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show. The sound of life. I just came across something really cool. I've seen Kurt Franklin on local TV. I mean, New York City radio stations. And he represents very well. It's pretty amazing. He is a, a Grammy Award winning artist. Kirk Franklin is. That really gets out into the neighborhood and stuff. He does that very well. And he's doing it again with the first ever gospel Christmas film. It's an unprecedented cinematic adventure. Um, it's a lifetime film. Kirk Franklin's A Gospel Christmas. That's what it's called. It's going to be on Saturday at 7. That'll be 8 Eastern Time. Um, Demetria McKinney, Chaz Lamar, uh, Shepard, as his last name, and Jen Harper. Uh, it will show how much gospel music can live and survive outside of Sunday morning in church. And it can be on TV, on Broadway, and in the movies. So I'll tell you a little bit about it. The romance story is centered around the journey of a young female pastor who receives the position of a lead pastor of a church a month before Christmas. That's all done by Kirk Franklin right there. And I'll post the link to it. You can check it all out for yourself on the Cup of Joe Morning Show Facebook page. All right? Waking up with a Cup of Joe. You make my drive to work so worth having. Thank you for the entertainment, the music, the love, the blessings. The Cup of Joe Morning Show, the sound of life. Cup of Joe Morning Show here on the sound of life. It's 834. That's what it is. I'm Joe. And um, it's interesting. There was a, a team in the news this morning, a New York City team from Yeshua University. Their men's basketball team it's phenomenal, having a phenomenal year. And they've, I guess, had a phenomenal year last year, you know, with the with the victories and all that. Uh, I, I just was interesting because their name, their nickname is the Maccabees. Now, I thought that was kind of cool. The Yeshiva University basketball team is the Maccabees because the Maccabees are the ones that ran the Assyrians out of the temple to create what now, welcome our Jewish friends, uh, in Hanukkah, the eight days of Hanukkah. Uh, it was prophesied by Daniel. It actually happened in 167 B.C., a Syrian invader, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes, I think those his name, just went in there and he fulfilled the prophecy by putting a statue of the Greek god Zeus in there and burned a pig sacrifice in the Holy of Holies, and the Maccabees said that's enough, and they ran him out of there. And they really didn't have anything much after they ran them out of there. And they wanted to consecrate the temple like Solomon had done way back. And so, but they didn't have enough oil. They used olive oil to light the candles, the flames. And they didn't have enough for one day, they figured. They thought, well, we're going to go ahead and do it. Isn't that interesting? How many, how many, how many, you see a show of hands? And mine is not up. 
<laughs> we got one day of oil. We need to do eight days to do this, you know. Well, we'll just wait. We'll work something out, right? But they said, no, we're going to do this to honor God. And God did a miracle and let it go for eight days. And that's really what Hanukkah is all about. But the really cool thing is you can see Jesus in it. And so every time you see that menorah, the candle holders, if you will, with the nine candles, because there's always that prominent one in the middle, and it's for eight days. The one in the middle is lit first, and that one lights all the other candles, and it is the last one that's put out. Oh, man, I pray for our Jewish friends. Lighting the candle, lighting those candles, and celebrating what God has done. And in their hand, you're holding the symbol of the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Jesus said that. He's the Messiah, and I pray that you'll know that. And it's pretty awesome. And you'll see it a lot, a lot of opportunities. Every time I see that image, there's Jesus in the middle, you know, and everybody looks and it's funny. You've been listening to the Cup of Joe Morning Show podcast on the Sound of Life, the Hudson Valley's 100% listener-funded Christian radio station. For more information on upcoming events, contests, to ask for prayer, and to become a member of the Sound of Life family by supporting the station, visit us at soundoflife.org.